The following is a sermon that was preached at Faith Lutheran Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia. For more information about our church or to hear past sermons from Faith Lutheran, visit georgiafaith.com. Thank you for listening. Citizenship means something. Let's ask the people who are waiting in the long line to try to become citizens of our country. Citizenship means something. Now, for many of us who were born into our citizenships in the United States of America, it might be easy to, to take that citizenship for granted. But with that citizenship comes some amazing blessings and opportunities. Imagine, though, if our citizenship process wasn't what it is today, that you born here in America, you're given citizenship immediately. Imagine if far, far fewer people were citizens. That's what it was like in the Roman Empire. And remember, the Roman Empire stretched from one end of the known world to the other. It was comprised of millions and millions of people. The Roman Empire built bridges and aqueducts and cities and walls and made sure that every road led back to Rome. But even though it had millions and millions of people in the empire, very few were actually citizens of Rome. Of course, if you weren't born from two citizens, you only had a couple of other paths to become a citizen of Rome. Really three ways. You could uh, purchase your citizenship, but that price was exceedingly high. Uh, you could be given citizenship uh, if you were some kind of a national hero, did something for the empire on a grand scale, but obviously that's exceedingly rare. Or you could earn it, but to earn citizenship meant serving in the legion for 25 years. 25 years of putting your life on the line in the far corners of the globe. That's why if you became a Roman citizen, well, it changed everything for you. It changed your outlook on the whole world, really. I mean, if you can imagine this, 2,000 years ago, a Roman citizen could walk from one end of the known world to the other end without fear because of the protection granted them as a Roman citizen. So once you became a citizen, you became all about Rome. You loved Rome and everything that it stood for, especially in a place like Philippi. So our reading for this morning, Paul's writing to a, ch to a church that's meeting in the Greek city of Philippi. But Philippi was a special kind of city in the empire. Some cities were granted a special status. They were called Roman colonies. And so don't think so much the 13 colonies or something like that. What the Roman colony meant was that city was considered to be an extension of the city of Rome itself. So if you were living in Philippi, they wanted you to feel just like you were living in Rome. That's why Roman citizens loved cities like Philippi. Because in Philippi, it was all about Rome. The citizens that lived there in Philippi, they might have physically lived in Greece, but they were citizens of Rome. And the way they lived was meant to show everyone where their citizenship belonged. Right? You go to Philippi and you'd see them dress like Romans dress. They would speak the language that Romans spoke. They built Roman buildings. They ate Roman food. They conducted business in the way you do in Rome. You took one look at these citizens in Philippi and you could know that it doesn't matter if you were living in Greece or Asia Minor or Britain, I'm a citizen of Rome. So this group of people 
in this city that knew so much about what citizenship meant, they knew exactly what Paul meant in the words that he spoke in our second reading today. Maybe words that kind of slide over those of us who have been born as citizens. He said this, Let us live up to the calling we have attained. Our citizenship is in heaven. Paul was telling them, and he's telling everyone in this room here today, that regardless of the physical location in which you stand, your citizenship is in heaven. And just like those people of Philippi might have been in Greece, but their citizenship was in Rome, so you and I, we are here living nothing but a colony city, knowing that we actually belong to a different kingdom, a different place. And Paul's words to you today is, live like it. Stop living like you've forgotten where you belong. First of all, because your citizenship costs dearly. I mean, it might have come free to you, but never, never make the mistake that just because grace is free, that that means it's cheap. It was infinitely valuable. It cost the price of the lifeblood of the Son of God. That's what they were willing to pay. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that you might belong to the kingdom of heaven. The high prince of the heavenly kingdom died so that you could have citizenship in this kingdom. Now he calls on us, let us live up to that citizenship. I mean, when people look at us in our, in our lives this week, are they going to see people who look like citizens of heaven? Right in Philippi, you go, you find the people that are wearing the togas and speaking Latin and eating Roman food and conducting business in the Roman way. You can tell they were citizens of Rome. Will people look at you this week and have no question where your citizenship belongs? We're in the season of Lent, and, and Lent, of course, is a time that's meant for repentance and a renewal of our faith. So this week, I, I want to encourage you to think about it this way. What does it mean to live as citizens of heaven in your life this week? Whether you're talking at work or at school, in your home, at your job. Will you speak the language of heaven? Or when you talk, will it just sound like the language of this world? What about in your home? Will you love your spouse like a citizen of heaven? That means loving them, giving them what they need, what they want, worrying about their hopes, not yours. Are you willing to love them like a citizen of heaven where that love is all about them and not about you? Are you willing to hold tight to the family God's given you, living like a citizen of heaven? What about the way that you prioritize your resources? What will people see when they look at you? The city of Philippi was filled with images of Rome because everyone remembered that that's where the citizenship belonged. Rome, not here. If someone looks at your life this week and sees what you do with your resources, would they see you building, building things that are a testament to the fact that you are a citizen of heaven? Or will it look more like you're tied to the kingdom of this earth? I mean, what we do with what God's given us, I can speak volumes about our citizenship. And Paul tells us today, let's stop living like we've forgotten where we belong. 
We are citizens of heaven. What about even your schedule? The time you spend? Right? Are we going to live like citizens of heaven and recognize that, that being here in God's house, this is the light we need, this is the air we breathe? I mean, I commend you today. You're here in the middle of thunderstorms. You're making a good choice today. That's excellent. But we all know the way the world would pull at us and tell us that, well, I'll go to church if I have time for it. I'll go to church if I'm not busy doing other things. Of course, the world wants you to think of church as being moderately important, but not citizens of heaven. Citizens of heaven know in this place, it's the air we breathe. It's the light we need for Jesus to bring us closer and closer to him. So how are you going to use your time this week to bring your family closer to Jesus? Sometimes uh, living as a citizen of heaven means setting aside the distractions and saying, I will be in God's house. I will be in God's word. Because this is what citizens of heaven do. You know, Paul reminds us that when we make those decisions, when we live as citizens of heaven, it's not just to give God glory. It's not just about our personal life. It's also about the people around us. Listen to what he writes. Join with others in following my example and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. See, Paul's reminding us that being part of Christ's church is not just a privilege, it's also a responsibility because you don't walk through this life alone. I mean, you're surrounded here today by Christian brothers and sisters in this church and the way in which we live, it matters to them, right? Paul tells us to set an example for the brothers and sisters around you. And I don't know if we always think about that, that the decisions we make uh, about uh, what we do with our life and how we live our Christian life, do we always think about what that means for the people who are around us? People who are looking at you to see how citizens of heaven dress and think and act and live and love. You know what it's like. I mean, if you find somebody who's dedicated to God's word or dedicated to God's work, that, that can be contagious, can't it? Well, Christ calls on each of us as citizens of heaven to live as citizens of heaven, to lead by example with our service, with our attitude, with our humility, with our joy. And the reason Paul makes such a point about this and why we're talking about it is because we so deeply need that modeling from our fellow Christians because, let's be honest, there is a world full of people who would love to pull you away from the light of heaven. They'll never say it that way. They'll just, with their words or their actions, try to change your spiritual walk from the one that God would have you walk to one that's slightly parallel. With their words and with their actions, they will pull you away from godly thoughts to thoughts that are far darker. Listen to what Paul writes. For as often told you before, and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. Paul said that he cried when he wrote those words. I can sympathize. I know each of you. 
Many of you, I know your spiritual challenges. Many of you, I know your spiritual victories. And I can see it too when the world calls out to you to walk a path that Christ would deny. I can see when the world calls out to you and tells you to step back from serving others instead of stepping forward. I can see when the world calls out to you and tells you to make, make faith a, a part of your life, but not the most important part of your life. Paul says he wrote it with tears because there are people and there are things that will seek to pull you from this walk of faith. The devil will use every one of them. Of course he will. That's why Paul wrote with tears. And that's why he reminded us their God is their desire. Their destiny is destruction. Not so with you. You are citizens of heaven. Now when we hear what God says about citizenship in heaven, and we hear all of the challenges that come to our faith, sometimes we can we could be frustrated and maybe even be at a loss. How, how can I possibly live up to everything Jesus expects of me? Well, citizens of heaven know something else. They know the one we're waiting for. Paul writes, And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. A Savior from there. When Jesus comes back, he will come to remind you again that he has washed away all of your sins that he has forgiven your wickedness, that he can remember your sins no more, that he has crushed our iniquities beneath his feet and cast them into the heart of the sea. We're waiting for a Savior who will come with forgiveness and mercy and grace and, and a promise to change us. To change us, right? So for 1,500 years, God's people have sung a hymn that we sing a lot in church sometimes, Father, we praise you. One of my favorite lines in that, in that hymn that the church has sung for a millennia and a half is the, when we pray to God that he would fit us for your mansions. Right? It's the picture that Jesus says he's going to go prepare a mansion for us in heaven. And the prayer of the church is, Lord, make us fit your mansions. That's completely upside down to an earthly view, right? In, on earth, what do we do with our mansions? We build them to suit us. You know, paint over the, the pink wallpaper and replace the carpet. Make the, you know, I want to take that wall out. We make our mansions fit us. God says the opposite happens when we go to heaven. He's going to make us fit the mansion that he's prepared for us. He's going to make us into the people that he's called us to be, the people we've always wanted to be, because our citizenship is in heaven. Listen to what he says. By the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, he will transform our bodies so they will be just like his glorious body. He's going to make us just like Jesus. He's going to make you holy in all the ways we are not right now. He's going to make you a perfect citizen of a kingdom. He's going to fit you for that mansion. We know where we belong. We know who's coming back for us, and we know exactly what he's going to make of us. That's why we can say we are citizens of heaven. That is a high privilege, dearly bought, to be zealously guarded, that affects everything we do. God grant it. Amen. <laughs>